the Equifax breach post-mortem, securing IoT payments, and GDPR complaints. These stories and more on this week's ISMG Security Report. Hello, I'm Nick Holland. A newly released report on the Equifax breach from the US Government Accountability Office provides new details into how the breach occurred and what Equifax could have done to help prevent or more rapidly mitigate it. Here's ISMG's Executive Editor Data Breach Today in Europe, Matt Schwartz, with the details. The data breach suffered last year by credit bureau Equifax was one of the worst in history. So it helps to understand what went wrong, not least to help others better safeguard themselves. Enter a new report from the U.S. Government Accountability Office. The GAO is an independent, nonpartisan agency that conducts investigations for Congress. And after receiving a bipartisan request from four lawmakers, GAO reviewed extensive breach documentation and also interviewed individuals at Equifax's three largest federal customers the Internal Revenue Service, the Social Security Administration, and the U.S. Postal Service. Now, GAO has released a new report that details what went wrong at Equifax. First, some background. Last year, Equifax told Congress that its breach began after it failed to apply an emergency patch for its Apache Struts 2 application framework. That failure happened on March 8, 2017. Two days later, attackers began probing Equifax and gained access. Three days after that, and extending for a period that lasted nearly 80 days, attackers were able to query 51 different Equifax databases and extract records containing personally identifiable information for at least 145.5 million U.S. consumers, as well as nearly 1 million consumers across the U.K. and Canada. GAO says the attackers stole data in very small chunks to help avoid detection. So, what should Equifax have done differently? The GAO report says five key factors contributed to Equifax's breach. The first failure involved identification. When Equifax received the emergency patch alert from US CERT, it distributed it internally. Unfortunately, its distribution list was outdated, and the Struts administrator never saw the alert. A week later, a routine scan for vulnerable systems by Equifax's security team also failed to find the vulnerable server. The second failure involved poor detection. Equifax had a security device that allowed it to inspect encrypted network traffic, but it wasn't working because it required a digital certificate that had expired 10 months before the breach began. In the meantime, attackers stole data using encrypted traffic. The third problem that contributed to Equifax's breach involved segmentation, or the lack of. Equifax failed to isolate its databases on different network segments. As a result, once the attackers had breached Equifax's network, they were able to reach dozens of other databases without triggering any alarms. The fourth problem was poor data governance. Equifax was storing access credentials used by its administrators in plain text. As a result, when attackers recovered this information, they were able to take the list of usernames and passwords and use them to access further systems and databases. The fifth and final problem identified by the GAO was there were no limits on database queries. As a result, attackers were able to execute 9,000 different queries, exfiltrating data without being spotted. 
Now, thankfully, Equifax appears to have been learning from its mistakes. In February, it hired a very well-respected CISO from Home Depot, and he began overhauling its security practices. In June, meanwhile, Equifax reached a voluntary consent order with banking regulators in eight states that require that it puts specific data security enhancements in place. If Equifax does so, it will avoid fines from these states. And Equifax said that many of these required improvements were already live. For everyone else, meanwhile, hopefully the GAO report will help them identify any existing deficiencies in their information security processes or procedures, and thus help them avoid future data breaches. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Matthew Schwartz. You're listening to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. Not so long ago, electronic payments were relatively confined, being available either card present at the point of sale or card not present via PC, tablet or phone. However, the Internet of Things is changing that, so we can expect increasingly to make purchases via voice assistance, card dashboards, refrigerators and more. As we've all too well witnessed in countless data breaches, static card data is highly vulnerable to attack and much sought after. So what's the solution? I spoke with Gord Jamieson, Head of Payment System Risk for Visa Canada. Well, we they anticipate that there's a stat that over 20 billion Connect devices by 2020. So that, as you mentioned, and, it, and it's, it's morphed into, it's not just your standard point of sale, it's all your connected devices, and uh, whether that's your car, your your, your refrigerator, your, your your tablet, your a gas pump, uh, there's all these devices today that are going to be in the future connected devices where commerce can can take place, and the extension of payments will happen. And we see uh, tokenization as the the key to to basically addressing fraud within this space, in an grow, ever-growing, expanding space. Tokenization is, is going to take that account data out of the mix. It's, it's going to be replaced with a token, uh, a proxy value, that, that today would be transact, conduct, go through the rails the same way as a, as a normal transaction would for authorization and settlement. A token will, will follow that same path. And the beauty of a token is the token is unique to that particular environment. And if it gets compromised, then you simply replace the token. You don't have to replace the whole account number that's behind it. And that token, if compromised, is only um, vulnerable to to that domain that it was used in. It can't be used anywhere else. Merchant X gets compromised and, and and they store account data in a token form. It can't be used at any other merchant, and that's the beauty of it. It's one of our key pillars around security is to devalue data, and this is one way. Take that data and render it useless so that if a compromise does take place, the fraudsters can't do anything with it. Finally, it's been three months since GDPR enforcement went into effect, and we're yet to see the European Data Privacy Regulation show its teeth. However, this is unlikely to last for long. This week... Web browser startup Brave filed complaints in Europe alleging that Google and other behavioural advertising companies are violating the regulation. Here's ISMG's Managing Editor, Security and Technology, Jeremy Kirk, with the details. 
An upstart web browser company, Brave, has filed complaints in Europe alleging behavioral advertising companies are violating Europe's general data protection regulation. Brave's complaints could set up one of the largest ever battles over how personal data is used in targeted advertising. Brave contends that personal data is passed to hundreds of companies looking to place ads. It alleges there are no safeguards to ensure that personal data is not misused or lost once that transfer is made. The company contends that's in violation of GDPR's Article 5. GDPR has already reshaped the data collection and processing procedures of companies around the world. Microsoft and Facebook, for example, have said they will apply its principles worldwide. Experts have predicted the emergence of GDPR complaints will trigger confrontations with companies like Google, Facebook, and others. Those companies have built staggering fortunes by attracting users with free products and building targeted advertising systems underpinned by personal data. Brave's complaint does not come without a strong self-interest. The company is trying to upend advertising on the web by de-emphasizing the role that personal data plays in targeted advertising. It has also created a virtual currency to create a payment model based on how long a person spends on a website. Brave's GDPR complaint takes aim at programmatic advertising, which is a type of advertising system that emerged around eight years ago. It relies on an auctioning system that's often referred to as real-time bidding. Ad buyers bid on ads based on metrics and data that is transferred to them by ad exchanges in an instant. But Brave contends that the data goes well beyond what is needed in order to serve relevant advertising. Brave also says that the data that goes to third parties also goes well beyond the purposes that a data subject can understand or consent to. Brave says that ad exchanges have no way of controlling that data once it's been transferred or stop its misuse. Now, whether Brave's complaint will gain currency with regulators remains to be seen, but it could potentially be the beginning of a long, fiercely contested fight over personal data. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Jeremy Kirk. That's it for this week's ISMG Security Report. Theme music is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Nick Holland. Catch you next time.